welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. You just heard my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey. And we are here with part two, episode seven of the late round, later round, Ricky picks. Uh, we had seven picks in the last episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to pick up where we left off on this episode. Um, this one, first off, I want to say thanks, guys, for listening. The podcast have been doing extremely well, um, better than we could ever imagine to start off. Um, you know, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the feedback. We appreciate the rankings. Um, if you guys do have time, we really do appreciate you getting on iTunes and get, 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 get on there and giving us an honest review and giving us a star rating. Um, by you doing that, it helps us get our podcast out to more listeners and helping more Dynasty players, more fancy players out there. And, I mean, let's face it, guys, we're all in this together. We're all here trying to get the best advice possible because we all have the same goal in mind. We're all fantasy junkies, and we all want that ship. We all want that championship. That's what we're here. This is why we do this. Not for the kids. Championship. Not for the kids. Forget those kids. Give me my trophy. You got to be able to tell your wife that you're winning. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Pipe down, wife. I'm a champion. When she's like, you're in too many leagues. (laughs) She's like, why are you kissing that trophy? You don't kiss me like that. Mind your business. (laughs) I love this trophy. (laughs) I love my wife very much. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you guys get on there and give us a ranking and help us out, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback so far, everything we've been hearing on Twitter, on iTunes. It's been great. We really got enjoy. Uh, glad you guys enjoy the show. We definitely enjoy doing it and providing you with as much information as possible, like I said, to help you get to that goal of the championship. And this is where we start. This is where all championship starts right here. I mean, these rookie drafts. I mean, this is where this is why we play Dynasty, to get these rookies, hold on to them for life. And. Like we said at last episode, these guys that we're talking about now and these later round picks, this is where you hit your pay dirt. I mean, it's bad enough when you miss on your first round pick that can set you back some. And but everybody goes in taking their first round pick, expecting a hit. And every other round, you're like, you know, like we said before, you walk out thinking, yeah, I just got five, I got five starters. These these guys don't even know what's coming for them. And it turns out, you know, every guy you drafted was a complete bust. Uh, you know, Trent Richardson and. Ontario Hardesty, you know, all these Browns bust out there. Um, but these later on guys can really make a huge difference on your team. Yeah, big difference makers, guys. I mean, these are the guys that really can step up and give you that depth. And you know what happens when you have depth? You can start making good trades. Nothing like drafting a guy in the fourth round that you could trade later for a second rounder or first rounder down the road. I mean, that's really, you know, that's why the best player available sometimes helps you out because it gives you more depth and you can make more trades and get more play for more future for round picks. Again, we go back to that taxi squad, utilize these rookie picks, utilize the draft. Again, the draft is the, you know, honestly, the draft for a dynasty league is one of the funnest parts of the whole year because we all love regular drafts anyway, so when we get to these rookie drafts, it's all we have in dynasty. Um, I know some people run them where, you know, you get draft free agents too, and, and forget that. I mean, it's a rookie draft. Get together, guys. Um, let's start with the first guy on our list, and this guy has been jumping. This guy has been all over everywhere just today Todd McShay came out and talked about this guy Cody Lattimore out of Indiana he's 6'2 215 and for the last couple of weeks he's been talked about a lot and you know I, I knew who he was before and I liked his game but it wasn't something I, I really dug into yet at the same time because 
let's face it, a couple months ago, we were, we were thinking this guy's like a later round pick. Absolutely. You know, yeah, like, he's a definite late riser. Yeah. I mean, he went in our most recent mock draft at 210 uh, to NFL Lion Blood, uh, Mike Beckley, and, you know, got him last, the next round he took, uh, who we talked about last week. It was the running back out of Florida State, James Wilder, and what was he doing? But here, he hits Pater getting Cody Lattimore. Right. And, I mean, I have a really strong feeling when this guy gets drafted high second round of the NFL, he will certainly not be there at 210. No, no. Well, he'll probably go up, you know, half a round or so like that. I'm not sure. With all the talent uh, above him right now, I'm not sure he's going to get into the first. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. I mean, I'm not really, me personally, I'm not really a big Todd McShay fan. I feel like he more, like, beats his own drum and kind of, he says stuff just to kind of be out there and be different than Mel Kuyper. But, uh, and, you know, McShay came out today and said this guy only dropped, he didn't drop a single pass in the five games he watched. And he's the most underrated guy in the draft, he says. I mean, some people before this, before his, uh, you know, he missed his, uh, the combine because he had foot surgery in February. Right. So he wasn't able to run. And some people were like, well, this guy's kind of slow. Then here comes his pro day, and the guy runs a four three nine four four one. Right. Doesn't sound too slow to me. He doesn't. He doesn't look slow either when you're watching the. Yeah. Team. He does. I mean, I watched. I watched 2012 and 2013, and he made a catch against Northwestern in 2012, where he did like a Randy Moss, where he jumped over this guy's back and caught the ball on top of him in front of him. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Then I watched the Michigan State game, and he torched Michigan State last year. I mean, the guy's good. I mean, he is. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm ready to jump on this this bandwagon I mean, he can box people out he has soft hands uh he can really he can catch away from his body which is great and get after the ball and when he gets the ball when he does catch the ball out like in front of him he, he talks in real quick and oh, boom gets up field yeah. he adjust, yeah he adjusts well to really to poorly thrown balls too because i mean it was it was hard watching some of this tape tell you know because his quarterback play was so bad oh yeah but but with that comes you know you get an opportunity to, to see him catch some pretty poorly thrown balls and and know that he can make those kind of adjustments true. so true i mean it's six you know it's good in one hand and bad in the other so yeah i mean except, yeah, I, I have the same note as you i mean we were talking about when we walked in earlier about talking this we were just talking about cody latimer we both were like oh his qp play was just horrendous right. at times that was kind of weird that was the first thing that me and you both said like right off the bat right both of both of our lists that you know that we were writing notes on that was the first thing that QBs. we said. QBs. Yeah. <laughs> we're sitting here talking about we're both we're supposed to talk Lattimore and we're right, talking right. about how bad his QB is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this guy's gonna benefit from some good coaching. I mean he does pretty much everything well. Mm-hmm. He can catch in traffic. Um he can block. He you know. he gets after it in the blocking. Last week we were talking about the uh Cody Hoffman that I mean big guy, six four, two two thirty almost, two twenty five, and he was lazy when he blocked, and that's that kind of stuff drives me crazy. And this guy, man, he goes after him. You know? yeah. I mean, he really, he really goes one after the best blocking wide yeah. receivers in this draft. Yeah, and he also played on special teams, with it, which is huge. I mean, huge he was a gunner, you know. I mean, that's that's going to get you on the field, get you in the good graces of, of um, you know, your NFL coaches. All it takes is one team to fall in love with you, right. too. I mean, and then this guy lands in, like, San Francisco, say. I mean, he's not going to be there at 210. I don't think he's going to be there at 210 regardless. I saw a couple of mock drafts where he went in the first round of rookie drafts, which mm-hmm. is a little, a little crazy for me, but... And who am I to say that? I mean, give me four weeks, and we could be like, so Cody Lattimore, get him, right, you know? Right. Um, I mean, me personally, I still like Dante Moncrief ahead of him so and guys like that. I think uh, I think there's guys that are definitely more talented than him, which is going to push him up. I mean, unless it, it's like a crazy swing in the NFL draft one or the other. Well, it is. I mean, the NFL right. draft is going to swing something crazy like that. I mean, all depend, you know, if Dante Moncrief goes to Green Bay, yeah, I mean, it's good long-term too, but it's uh, it's – 
and then Cody Matt Lattimore goes to San Fran, and I'm looking at the two, and they're all pretty close. I mean, a lot of these guys are just like, you know, the Moncriefs and, you know, Lattimore and these guys are kind of close together, even though now Moncrief went in the first round right. of our rookie draft. And I think I think Mike took him there too, actually. Did he? And I was thinking about it when I originally when cleaning I do, up. When I, Mike's getting a lot of pub on these podcasts, but I know we were talking before, and I was doing like, oh, who's my reach of the pick, and who the pick I didn't, the questionable pick, and I almost went Moncrief there because I didn't really, I haven't seen any mock drafts with him there. And Mike said he's like, you know, if there's a player you like, and just because he's a little bit lower than most people's boards, and you don't pick again for another twelve picks, you go get that player, and it makes perfect sense. And I was like, yeah, I do like Dante Moncrief a lot. And if he lands in a situation like, you know, when you're doing it before the draft and you're assuming, hey, what if he lands in New Orleans? What if he lands in San Fran? Then, yeah, that's a, that, that pick makes sense. And I end up saying Brandon Cooks because that's a personal pick where a lot of people like him. Again, you know, me and you are both on the same page. We don't like those little small receivers. Right. Um, so Cody Lattimore is a guy not only on the rise in NFL eyes, he is in the di- uh, he's on the rise in dynasty circles as well. I mean, his name's pretty much everywhere. Right. And he's you're- just one of those guys that if you don't know, then – you're doing it wrong. Unfortunately, if you were out ahead of the curve and you thought maybe you'd be able to snag that guy late in the second, early in the third, it's it's caught it's caught up and you're not gonna get him there. So Yeah, I mean if you had your rookie draft a month ago, which nobody does, right. then you're all over it. But yeah, by the time the NFL comes around, this guy's his the secret's no longer it's it's out in the world. Everybody knows about him. Um we didn't even cover him in our first podcast, which is the very first podcast we did. So that's how much stuff has changed from then till now. Because now, I mean, I, you could he you could argue Lattimore is in the top ten of receivers, and again, this, him going at two ten just shows guys this year how deep this draft is. You know, I said last week, you know, or a couple of days ago on another podcast that you know I got Storm Johnson at two twelve, and that's just gross right. in my eyes. Right. There's some years where second round draft picks almost have like no value to me because it's yeah. like you're just shooting. You know, you're just throwing darts. You know. Yeah, you wall. get past that like twelve, the, the the first couple in the second round, and then right. it's about it. And yeah, it's just like, but but this year, man, all the way through Jack the second Rogers, round, guys dude. like that, right. you know, right. yeah. Now you're looking, you're getting legit talent here in the second round. Absolutely. I mean, if you need a quarterback this year and you're not in a two QB league, forget about it. Third round, you're yeah. getting guys like Johnny Manziel, Blake Bortles. I mean, fourth round, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr's. I mean, you're getting these guys late. So if you need a quarterback, just sit back and relax. Don't even worry about it. That other guy. I mean, I love Teddy Bridgewater as much as the next guy, but I ain't taking him over. You know, he went to he went the first pick in the second round this year, which that's fine. I'm not going to yell at a guy for taking Teddy Bridgewater. I love him too, but it's like, come on, man. I'd rather have Storm Johnson than you know Teddy at this point. You know, right. Obviously, if right. it depends on I need a quarterback, but it doesn't matter. I'd rather with Teddy. I'd rather just as much roll with Johnny B. You know, Johnny Football or Blake Bortles or something like that. You know, along these lines where they're going to last. You know, one of those Eastern Illinois boys. Uh, so Cody Lattimore, the, the the jig is up, boys. You know, if you get him, God bless him. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you could always say, you know, all these guys that all of a sudden shoot up these boards late this time of year, it's kind of like, Hey, what happened? Yeah. Be, be careful. Be careful. But I mean, it could have been more injury related. It he is. wasn't, yeah, he wasn't and, and like, for him. he had a foot surgery. Right, so right. it's, I mean, I'm not gonna hold against him. I said, and, and I know a lot of these people, sometimes when I read these other, when I like study up on a player and you're reading these other pundits out there and they're like, well, you know, I, I can't remember who said he was kind of slow. I think it was Bleacher Report. Now I'm and I'm definitely trust me I'm not dissing them at all I love their site right but I think somebody on there said like oh his, his speed's somewhat of an issue and then all of a sudden he, you know gets his pro day he runs a four three nine you're like what not and you're watching the tape and you're like I don't see any issue with his speed whatsoever right but sometimes I guess when a, when a guy like Lattimore who does just a lot almost everything well 
Right. But where he was, I mean, you got you got to find something. You know, he's not Randy Moss. He's not AJ Green. So yeah, Cody Lattimore, draft him. We like him. <laughs> DynastyNerds.com. We approve. Adores. Endorsed. We endorse him. Um, let's talk about. Let's go to our next guy. Now this is this next guy was a guy that I was big on a month ago, and when I really sat down and watched the tape and got more involved with him, uh, I've kind of I've kind of got a little bullish on him. Jarek McKinnon out of Southern Georgia, five nine two oh nine, had a fantastic combine, one of the best combines out of all the backs. Actually, he's an athletic freak. Oh yeah, great speed, man. He can get to the corner like it ain't no thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could be a good NFL running back. He has a good size. He's you know, he for the NFL like an NFL running back. He's what you're looking for. Five nine, two oh nine, you know, compact, muscular. Um, he caught the ball really well. To see, you know, he wasn't asked to catch the ball a lot at Southern Georgia, but he caught the ball well when he did. But he caught really well at the Senior Bowl practices. People were talking him up and. Because he, he just wasn't asked to do it at Southern Georgia a lot. So people were questioning. He came in. Caught the ball great. Georgia Southern. just Yeah, Georgia right. Southern. Right. Uh, big school. Um, <laughs> you know, this this is a guy who's just a good athlete. He played option QB a lot in Court. He, yeah, go ahead. college. Right. He played a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's a tough guy to evaluate because he, he played a lot of quarterback. And it was a triple option attack. So it was a, I mean, it's, it's nothing like you're going to see in the NFL. So it's hard to, like, piece things together and see, you know, look at the tape and be like, Oh, that translates. It's a gimmick not, offense. Because not a lot of it does translate to the NFL, so it's hard to like really tell what he is. But but like you said, he's really fast. He's got good quicks. He can get to the edge. He catches the ball well. So he's got tools that you know it's it's worth taking a shot on the guy late. I think. Yeah, I mean, here's what concerns me. One that I mean, when I'm watching a guy's highlight like tapes and watching tape on him, and like a quarter of the tape is him playing quarterback, and he's not, and he's a running back. You know, I mean, LT, one of my all-time faves, throwing those nice bombs. And the guy does throw a nice ball. I'm not going to say that, too. Right. But, you know, that's you know, that's a concern for me. Um, He doesn't break a lot of tackles, I saw. He was limited in his pass protection. So, you know, and we're always wor- you know, big, I know pass protection, almost all these guys are kind of iffy about it. And that's one of the big steps, you know, if you learn to pass protect or not. That's like your defining moment. That's what held Monty Ball back a little bit, too. Either you learn it or you don't, and you don't play in the NFL. Right. Um, but he also had fumbling problems at at school too i mean that's a concern because he i mean i guess you know from what i was seeing and everything i'm studying up on this guy he, he was able to he was stripped very easily well, and, I, and i saw the stamina question too because they said he faded it a lot you know he slows down to the end of these games okay well i i honestly i had a hard time finding a lot of tape to even watch on this guy not a lot yeah there's not a lot out there so i didn't have a, a ton to evaluate the guy on personally so I mean, what I did see was was the triple option stuff, and that's really I mean, it's FCS stuff, man. It's gimmicky, and that's right. what he did. All it's his, t- I mean, it's all t- his good t- stuff, all his good tape is against bad competition, right? So and his name's up there. I mean, he went in our draft. He went four eight. I guess that seems about right. Yeah, he's know? a guy. I mean, he's a guy you got to really keep an eye on the situation. If you're one of the uh, one of the people that draft later in the year, like after um, some training camp has gone by, yeah, you know, really keep a, a good eye on that kind of stuff to to find out what his value is really going to be because i mean who knows he gets drafted in the fifth sixth round if he gets drafted at all i mean you know he'll get drafted i think you think he'll get i mean okay he's probably gonna get drafted late late, you know so it's it's hard to tell what his role is really gonna be so you're right i mean i guess it all depends where you draft right now he does stand about a fourth round grade which seems about right i mean somebody i mean somebody who i don't like he's not somebody i like not enough to take him off my board 
Because if he's there like late fourth round, okay, I'll take I'll take a chance on right. McKinnon just to see what the kid's got. I don't really think I personally don't think he's gonna be that great. He's a he's a, he's a shot in the dark for me. Um, and yeah, like you said, let's see where if you draft late. But he's he's got tools. Yeah, if if you draft late in the year, I mean, definitely just hold on. What do you think of drafting late in the year? I don't like it. Me neither. It's funny how the, all the, I'm in all these dynasty leagues, and we all draft so early. Yeah. Most of them all. I mean, that's the way to do it too. It's like you want to know. I mean, you know why? It's because the people lazy. I mean, right? It's it's the people that study all year and like are up on this stuff. They want to draft go. early because yeah. they already know what they what they know, and you know they don't want everyone else to catch up. Basically, with the lazy people that don't study all season. All or all off season. So. Those, yeah, so those guys are like Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, who's that? Guy? Georgia Southern. Never heard of him. Meanwhile, is that his twin brother? <laughs> Georgia Southern. Jarek McKinnon. Who are these guys? Yeah, yeah it's it's just. I mean, so, I mean, same thing with the twenty man rosters. I mean, it's just it's laziness, guys. Again, we're gonna say it again. Get together over there. <laughs> Come on, get this get this rookie. I mean, it's, like, you get all this pumped up for these drafts to see where these players go, and then. I know me, Red's the NFL draft is like, all right, let's draft, man. Let's go draft. Let's draft exactly. these rookie drafts. I mean, let's let's go. Forget OTAs, forget mini camps. You know, let's you know, do your research, do the put in the time. It makes it way more rewarding. You know, if we didn't have the expanded uh, rosters and all the taxi squads and stuff, a guy like Jared McKinnon or Jarek McKinnon wouldn't even mean anything. To irrelevant. It would be totally, you'd be totally irrelevant. Yeah. And now you get to talk, you get to talk to the guy, talk about the guy, and and you know he does have some NFL skills. Like he's got, he's a freak athlete, and he can run the ball and catch the ball. So I mean, he's got some tools, but in that format, he would just be useless. I mean, you, yeah, you, absolutely, he would be somebody that you'd just be watching on the waiver wire. You somewhere we're talking down out there to you guys, to the real dynasty players out there. Uh, and we, I mean, no, I mean, no, everyone, everyone's got, players. yeah, everyone, everyone's got their own. Forte. Right, I mean, right. we, I don't play independent leagues and people swear by those too. So, I mean, everybody's, yeah, everybody's right, different. Right. I'm just, I'm just being a jerk. You're just real partial to yeah. the way we do it. Yeah. It's, it's like, hey, do it my way or the highway. Yeah. It's, that's not a good way to Every, go about life. Everyone's got their own route. Yeah. I run, I run a nice route. <laughs> so, but, all right, let's move but on. But can you catch? A really good blocking <laughs> wide receiver. Um, so let's move on. Now, here's a guy. When we did our tight end podcast, we did most of the show on, like, why you should have a good tight end. And we at the end of it, we kind of covered a couple of the rookies. This is a guy, after it was all said and done, I'm like, I can't believe we left him out. I know. It was yeah. kind of a, it was a, it was a major oversight. Well, not major, but it was an oversight. It was a tease <laughs> to this episode. Right. C.J. Fedorowicz out of Iowa. Right. Six five, two sixty five. Big dude, man. Yes. And you know, I know I don't like a lot of good tight ends come out of Iowa. Yeah, Tony Moyaki. I was just uh, say your boy Tony Moyaki. <laughs> it wasn't for the injuries, all right. That guy would have been something. Uh, I mean, he's he's just one of those guys like he was like almost Jordan Reed. You yeah. know, rookie year comes out like this guy is gonna be good. Boom. Up, oh, get this guy a band aid. <laughs> uh, wait, what's that what's that ambulance doing here? I just asked for a band aid. <laughs> The morgue? What do you mean he's in the morgue? <laughs> Amputation. <laughs> Tony Moyaki is in the morgue, guys. Yeah. Uh, for that poor guy. You know, there's one guy there right now that made a big trade for Tony Moyaki. He's like, you guys, I'm, t- I'm turning this podcast off. Yeah. Jerks. I know you're talking about me. But yeah, CJ Fedorowicz, man. I, I like him, you know. He needs to develop a little bit. And, you know, he's not the greatest blocking tight end. But he can block. Yeah, everyone from Iowa can block. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> it's just something in the water up there. 
I mean, for what I saw, I mean, for what I saw, he's a, he is a receiving tight end, but he can do it. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't want to say he's not the greatest, but he can definitely block. Like you said, everybody in Iowa, you play Big Ten, you could block. Um, and he adjusted the ball well. And at six five, you know, he's not very fast. He's slower. Um, and he relies on his size. But that's what a lot of these tight ends do that are six five. Uh, it's not like Gronkowski is the fastest guy in the world, right? Even though he can't move. Um, but you know, big. My biggest thing with C.J. Fedorowicz is he's a big guy, can box out. But it's like he's a possession receiver to like the the definition. Like when he catches the ball, he's not really going anywhere. And let me read right off my notes. Not going to make defenders miss in the open field. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just not. He catches the ball, and I mean, somebody's immediately there. He just he doesn't separate well. No. So he does use his body to get open, and then boom, he gets tackled. Yeah, so, I remember the Ohio State game. I mean, Shaz- Ryan Shazier owned him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you. I mean, if you guys watch tape on cj fedorowicz you watch the house state game ryan shazir just completely destroyed him took him out of the game um he does have a couple fumbling he does have, you know he, fumbling is a red flag on this guy he has put the ball on the ground um a little bit more than average and but i mean let's face it guy if you have a guy who's a possession tight end and he's there in the red zone he goes to the right situation i mean you put him on new england or anybody that needs a tight end even like i, I see him somewhere doing kind of good with the giants even um even though they're looking, I think they're kind of looking for an athletic tight end. But again, he for a tight if you need a tight end, and this guy's obviously down there around our fifth, sixth tight end. Mm-hmm. This guy definitely could turn out. I mean, I remember one point, I think back in like February, I had like Fedora. So I was like, this guy's like my third tight end. And just watching limited tape, and I was like, I really like this guy. What I've seen on tape, and then the more I got into it, looked at these other tight ends, I've kind of kept bumping them down just a hair and bumping them down just a hair. Um, but it's he went five three in our draft i mean what do you think about that i think that's where you you take developmental tight end types of type of guys i mean i think he's gonna have to go to the right situation where he's gonna have a high volume of catches in order to be fantasy relevant i don't think i mean obviously with his you know he's not breaking many big plays so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to go and establish himself somewhere as a guy that's gonna catch a bunch of passes who would you compare him to (sighs) ah No one, no one good. I don't think. Actually, now that I think about yeah. it, I mean, like, I'm trying, I'm just trying to like off the top of my head, like not as, not as, not as athletic Jake Ballard. That's yeah, unfortunately, kind of been to one good year, one good year, and that was because he was getting a ton of passes thrown his way. Which is weird. I have how I somewhat have a good feeling about Fedora, which I don't know why I have that feeling. Like he's going to find some success, but again, he's going in the fifth round. What about our... like what about like Brandon Meyer? I could see him being kind of like that. Yeah, like one of those guys. If you have your starting, but you shouldn't be starting him anyways. Right, like he'll, yeah. So yeah, like I mean, if he's there, guys, like did, in the did fifth we round, did we just sour on CJ Fedorowitz on the air? I think so. <laughs> Crap, because I, I know when we started talking about him, like CJ Fedorowitz, uh, how did we leave this guy out? And we're like, yeah, maybe we should get the fifth round. I think we just changed our mind. I mean, I'd still take him. I mean, obviously, he's somebody that I'm watching to see where he goes. You know, if if they're gonna bring him in and kind of utilize him as like a second tier tight end, then yeah, I mean, we'll see. He he's, I'd say he's about a thirty percent chance, twenty five percent chance that we find success in the NFL. But then again, if you're picking somebody in the fifth round, fourth round, I mean, maybe one of those guys to come out would be pretty good anyways. So right, drops it down to one out of twelve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. All right, so CJ. Moving right on. Moving along. 
Now, these next two guys, I want to talk about two guys now at once, which we have not done yet. Dun, dun, dun. But these guys are so similar, and there's depth. But these guys are very similar, but they're, to me, there's definitely one better than the other. D'Anthony Thomas out of Oregon, 5'8", 175, went in the fifth round, number two overall, 5'2", in our rookie draft. And then we have Dree Archer out of Kent State, 5'8", 173. Uh, both burners. You know, Archer had one of the fastest combine runs in history. Yep. Almost got caught Chris Johnson there. Um, and Chris, you know, Archer, I like Archer. Let's look out there. I like Archer more than DeAnthony Thomas. I agree. Significantly yeah. more. He's stronger. I mean, I mean, let's face it. I mean, DeAnthony Thomas is like, out of the same school, best comparison, is a poor man's Michael James. Very poor. Like, yeah. like the, what's the guy, what's the guy's name from Scrooge? Uh, Tiny Tim's dad. That poor? Tiny Tim's dad poor. Yeah. That's pretty poor. <laughs> That's pretty poor. That's pretty bad. Yeah, you don't get much poorer than that. <laughs> right. Tiny Tim's Dan and dad and grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> out there dancing with Anthony Thomas. I mean, yeah. I mean, so look at the point. I mean, when Michael James was at Oregon, I'm like, wow, I like Michael James. And then when he was coming into Dynasty, he went in the second round in a lot of leagues, and he was somebody that was I kind of soured on a little bit, even though I loved him in Oregon. And look at him now. He's not even shown up to the mini camps, and the 49ers might cut him. They might trade him. Right. I mean, guys like him, it, it's funny because like guys like him, you're like, oh, you know, when you look at these guys, you're like, oh, they're the next Darren Sproles. Right. And, and nobody ever turns no. into the next Darren Sproles. Well, I mean, well, Michael James was like 20 pounds heavier than this guy, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he is just, he's really small. He has got no power. I mean, he lines up in the backfield. Both these guys actually line up in the backfield and they, they run as like slot receivers. But they're both electrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But DeAnthony Thomas, for some reason, I, he just doesn't catch the ball consistently enough. And I don't see the burst that I see out of Dre Archer uh, from, from DeAnthony Thomas. I don't know what no, it I don't is. I see it either. Like everyone talks about his speed and acceleration, but I just, I mean, I don't see it. I see him strictly being like a return guy. Uh huh. And, and that's, that's it. Like he won I, the fifth round of a rookie mock draft. So yeah. everybody else is not kind of big on them too. And it's, it's funny like going into it. Like he was, he's, a, he's a name, right? Like he's going to be the guy that people in your rookie draft. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's good to know these names and like these, of these other guys that these guys were talking about. Cause D'Anthony Thomas is a prime example where somebody's going to take him cause he went to Oregon. Everybody knows Oregon and their explosive offense. And, Somebody's going to take him because they're going to they're see these other guys and they're going to be like, eh, I don't really know this guy. But then they're going to see DeAnthony Thomas and be like, ooh, DeAnthony Thomas. They're going to say, think about the same thing we just talked about what he's not, electric, you know. Right. They're, he's going to come in here and be a poor man's little Michael James, and, which is horrible. Right. Because little Michael James shouldn't even be on anybody's roster. Right. And they're going to take him. You know, again, he went in our mock fifth here. But we'll see. I mean, still then, I mean, he's just somebody that's not going to be on my board whatsoever. Where Archer will be. Yeah, I think Archer's got some skills that actually translate. He can actually run out of the slot and catch the ball like a wide receiver. And yes. he can do like, yeah. He's not afraid up. to take a hit, man. No. This guy, yeah. he's tiny, but he is powerful. I mean, he's great quickness, quickness, great burst. He's very tough for his size. He does not shy away from contact. He has great hands, even though he's small. Um, he, doesn't, again, he doesn't lose speed changing directions either. Like, that's something, maybe that's what DeAnthony Thomas does. I mean. There's something about the there's something about Anthony Thomas where he just when he when he cuts or or I just don't see the burst and and 
Dre, Dre Archer has it. You know, he just he he's zipping out of these cuts and he doesn't lose speed. Yeah, I mean, Darren Sproles is on his last legs here in the NFL. And like we said, we've been comparing everybody like, oh, the next Darren Sproles. Right. That's always, ever since Darren Sproles came into it, it's always say about these small guys. Like, oh, he could be, the, his ceiling's the next Darren Sproles. And it's funny how nobody, nobody has turned right. into the next Darren Sproles. And Archer had, might possibly be able to have the chance to become the next Darren Sproles. I'd love to see him in New Orleans. Oh, To take somebody like him to, you know, that's what he needs. Those little, just, you know, PPR, PPR back. You know, if he goes in, like I said, wherever he went, I can't remember where he went. I don't have it written down in our rookie mock, but he's somebody who, like, he goes to New Orleans, he's going off the board. Yeah. You know, because they, they know how to utilize a back like that. Right. Um. So it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Special teams, you know, in the return game, yeah, he'll definitely be used. But, I mean, he's a PPR league, and you got somebody who went a perfect bye week start, and then obviously we could turn into somebody like Darren Sproles. He's going to help you out a lot. Um. So I'd put him on my board. He's somebody I'm watching. Very carefully this draft, see where he goes in the draft. I mean, I've seen people talk about this guy going in the second round in the NFL draft, which is would be huge. I don't see it personally uh, going in there that high, but you never know. I mean, right, you, NFL right. loves speed. You know, we know the Raiders love speed. So, I mean, he'd be on my board. DeAnthony Thomas, guys, honestly, just take him off your board. Let some other guy take him and deal with that because he is not going to be successful in the NFL. That would be my advice as well. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I mean, a poor man's Michael James is not a good compliment. You know, a poor man's Darren Sproles is somewhat of a compliment and useful. Again, I mean, Michael James would be lucky to make San Fran's roster, to be honest with you. And I don't even see him making the roster, right. really. Right. Not with what they have, you know, not with uh, Marcus Lattimore finally going to get some carries this year. Frank Gore is still a solid back this year. And Kendall Hunter. I mean, what are they going to do with Michael James? Nothing. Kick rocks. Yeah. Kick rocks, Mike James. Michael James. Go fumble some more balls. And I, and I used to be a fan. You ruined me. Well, so out of the two short guys, let's move on to another back I do like. Uh, Damian Williams out of Oklahoma. Um, he's a back that you know I actually took in our most recent mock draft. Um, I got him in the fourth round, last pick in the fourth round. 5'11", 222 out of Oklahoma. Good speed. Good, good athleticism. Um, and, you know, he could take it to the house anytime he touches the ball. Yeah, that's why one of the biggest highlighted notes I have on here is just picks up yards bunches, man. He just, he chunks out yardage. And he's strong. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of contact. And he can actually push the pile a bit mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, he can make defenders miss in open field. He can pass protect. He can catch. Uh, as I face plant my mic here. And, Don't you get know, so excited. The big thing with him is, you know, he does a lot of things well. And, you know, he has to pay, he has to find, you know, I, I have it down here, you know, he needs to recognize his holes better. Um, and he's going to be a really, he needs to be a polished a little bit more. And he'll be a really good third down back. That's the way I see him. You know, to start his career, he's going to be a really good third down back. Yeah. I could see, I could see him doing like special teams too. Maybe a kick return or something like that until he gets his feet underneath him in the uh, NFL. I mean, with these backs, it all depends where you kind of land. He's a guy. I mean, he's the type of guy that's probably going to go a little bit later. He got, I, I believe he got kicked off Oklahoma, or I don't. I I, I read something like that too, and I didn't really get into it much because right. I I liked him. So I know he wasn't really. He was like a, he was like a much. he was a junior junior college transfer in, and I think he got booted off the team, which is why there wasn't much game tape from this year. Okay, but um. He's he's probably one of those guys that's gonna have to earn his keep on special teams early in his career, and uh, 
but he's got the tools. I, I really yeah. like the way he runs. It's going to be him getting his chance. I mean, that's isn't that with all these running backs. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you don't know where these guys are, and all of a sudden they get that one chance, yeah. and all of a sudden they they, have, they bust a game off, and they have 140 yards. And I'm like, well, okay, Damian Williams. Yeah, right. He so, definitely. I mean, he catches the ball nice out of the backfield for sure. He's got yeah, nice soft hands. And if you can pass, I mean, get, again in the NFL, if you can pass protect and catch the ball, you're going to be in there on third down because there's plenty of backs that can't do it. So, and you, the team's only going to carry so many backs on their roster anyway. So, if you can do it, you're going to find time. Right. And eventually, you're going to get a couple, you know, quarterback's going to look for you. And if you make a play, guess what? He's going to look for you again. Yep. And, and he's the type of guy that can make plays. He will he will rip off some big chunks, man. Yeah. 20, 20 30-yard runs. He's a playmaker. Yeah. And, like I said, I'm a fan of him. Yeah. Um, right now, in a fourth round, like getting him in our most recent mock draft, in a fourth round, the last pick in the fourth round, I feel like it's really good value there. And he's somebody that's like, okay, you know, because he can, he can contribute possibly to my team. And if I get, he's somebody that, you know, odds are slightly against him. Mm-hmm. But if in the right situation and right opportunity, he can come onto the scene and really help my fantasy team, my dynasty team. So he's somebody in the fourth round that I am definitely target. I, I like, you know, I know we've talked about a couple of backs, you know, like the James Wilders and DeAnthony Thomas. I could easily somebody take it, you know, he did it in this round. You know, DeAnthony Thomas went to fifth. I took him into 12th. Uh, but I I could see a guy taking somebody like that. Like obviously James Wilder went to third. Right. I'd much rather take a shot and sit, you know, take another player and sit back here and take a Damian Williams over James Wilder. I mean, I would rather I would rather take Damian Williams in the exact same spot where James Wilder got picked. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, before taking James Wilder, I would definitely take Damian. Yeah, Williams. I agree. So. I mean, he's not really a guy that I'm. Again, James Wilder. I know I don't want to keep piling on a guy. Just. Right. Not good in college, you know. Not well. He didn't even get starts, and he only had two starts. But right. not somebody that I'm excited about. Let someone let him let somebody else draft him. To Anthony Thomas and take the guys like Damian Williams and uh, the Paul Richardsons and guys along those lines. Dre Archer. These are guys that are that have a shot. They're late round guys that have a shot. Yeah. There's some late round guys that, well, not that this is a definite, but they don't have a shot. We don't feel like they have a shot at least. Even our next guy that we're talking about has a shot. He went 3-7 on our mock draft, Marion Grice. Mm-hmm. This guy has a shot way over. I mean, he went right before James Wilder went in that draft, so I'm not going to say anything along those lines for him. But this guy's got some C.J. Spiller comparisons. Um, he's six foot two oh eight out of Arizona State. Um, he ended the season last year with a late-season leg injury. Um, but he's a very versatile back to play offense and special teams. He was noted on a special team play as well, which is huge in the NFL. He's not the fastest guy, not the most powerful guy, but he catches the ball really well, has really good vision, good instincts. Um, he's really surprisingly effective between the tackles as well, um, has solid balance, runs really good routes. Um, you know, he needs to get his pads a little bit lower, but that's something you can learn. Um, he has to work on his pass protection, like we said, most of these rookies need to. And he could, you know, he could bulk up a little bit. You know, at six, you know, six foot two oh eight at a running back, and we can add a couple pounds. Yeah, that's a little slight for a six foot uh, running back. Yeah, he's but, slender. He's right. tall. He's a taller, slender back, which that's you know, that's probably where you get some of that C.J. Spiller comps as well. Um, but obviously, C.J. Spiller is a burner, right? And he is not. Um, but I know in, in late because at the end of the year, I mean, he broke his fibula. Do you know? Uh, do you know if he'll be ready for anything before draft? Uh, any like. Anything to like run a forty or anything like that, like just I right do not know. Okay. I mean, he broke. I mean, I said he missed a Senior Bowl, he missed a combine, so it's been a while. But I mean, when you break your fibula, I mean, that's a pretty serious break. Yeah, that's the little bone in your leg. Bottom yeah, of your leg. It's, it's it's just a bone, right? It's just a bone. 
But I mean, when I was watching the tape, I said I actually watched a lot of his tape because he really intrigued me. Going in the third round, you know, these third round backs they really get my interest. And the one thing I, the only thing I noticed about him, he's not really elusive. Almost all the game tape I watch, he's really a big time north south runner. Just like gets the ball and that's it. He just goes upfield, which isn't a bad thing. But I mean, that he's not really like he's not a shake and bake kind of guy. He's not like the most elusive back. Um, and I, like I said, I like to see him throwing on a little bit more pounds, get his pads lower, maybe pass pass protect a little bit more. But I can see this guy actually finding success in the right situation. He's somebody that definitely intrigues me that I have my eye on. I'm gonna let you speak on him um, mostly. I I didn't get around to. to seen much of his tape so, so I don't, I, yeah, I don't want to talk uneducatedly obviously. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm like i'm eh yeah mm. sometimes i rate these guys i'm like yes no and then for grace you know i'm just kind of like eh. i think he i think he could be good but it's just kind of i don't when i i said being a north or south runner isn't the worst thing but i watched him it was just really it's something that really kind of like stood out me in not the best way okay watching his college tape i guess but I mean, he definitely has a skill set that, again, at least intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody there. If I have a late third round pick, you know, I might take I might take a gamble. And obviously, we'll see who else is there. But so, so who do you like? Now, who, who would you like more between him and Damian Williams, just off game tape? Off of game tape, probably Damian Williams. All right. I mean, they're pretty close in my eyes. I'm just trying to get a gauge on on where you like them. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty close. If I had like the flip a coin, I mean, just because I've liked Damian Williams longer and I w- I've watched more of him, right, and I, right. I like, let me put it this way, I like, I'll take the guy that has a bigger big play ability. That's what I was about to get to. I was like, it's I make you make it sound like Marion Grace is kind of a, a guy that's gonna have to have a, vo- a lot of volume to to get there, whereas in Damian Williams can break off a big play at any point. So that's yeah. Cool. I mean, Grace where is, you kind of see the difference. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Grace is one of the guys that I think can definitely play at the next level. I do think that. But he, he he's just like a jag, just another kind of other guy, mm-hmm. which isn't horrible to running back position because any back that's getting carries can help you out at right. this point in the NFL. Um, definitely these guys splitting carries. Where Damian Williams, I'd rather give, you know, if you're giving 10 carries to Marion Grice and you're giving 10 carries to Damian Williams, I'll take Damian Williams okay. over that, which, um, you know, in a mock draft, it, it, didn't, it doesn't show because Grice went 3-7 and then Damian Williams went 4-12. So, Obviously, I'm on a completely different page, but at the same time, I I don't remember who I took at 312. I could have taken Damian Williams at 312, but so I I obviously since I drafted him there, I see him as a fourth round pick. Right. But you know, I mean, that's where you're gonna be taking those. I mean, sometimes you're like, heck, if I'm gonna take a gamble in these rookie drafts, I'm gonna take the gamble on the running back. Why not? You know. Mm-hmm. So he's he's one of those guys that, again, we all need running back help, and running backs are gonna. Like I said, you know what's crazy about this mock draft was. Only two running backs went in the first round. And you've seen a lot of this in all these mock drafts. It's crazy. I, th- I still think it's going to change when real drafts come around. And all these people are like, yep, this is how it's going to be. I'm surprised. It's just, and most of them have, it's just Isaiah Crowell and Carlos Hyde are like the top right. two. And I like Crowell a lot too, but it's kind of like, right. you know, situations don't change everything. Right. You know, who's Tennessee taking? Right. Who's Arizona taking? Uh, I see a lot of people say, well, who's Cleveland taking? And I just, I, I don't see that personally because I just see Ben Tate getting all the carries. Um, but there's a lot of situations on there where these people, they need backs. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, no longer the Jets with Chris Johnson going there, but situations don't change for everybody. 
And I, I mean, here's a, and here's a shocker too, which is, this is kind of funny to say, but here's a team that nobody's, I've never heard anybody say anything about backs. Who do you think Carolina taking the back? Oh my God. No. Just for this simple fact, I just say this. And it just really just kind of like popped in my head not too long ago. They have all those backs signed for that money. They're all getting way older. And what if they take a back and like, he's somebody, you know, but he's, he just thrown out there. He might, that may be a situation where somebody takes a back and they're like, oh, he's in Carolina. I ain't drafting that guy. Right. But if this guy has, if it's like a Damien Williams or something like that, that has some potential to be kind of good. If he does get that one shot when all, all those guys get injured, like they always do. And he can find success. Guess what? They're not paying those guys that money in 2015. Right. They're cutting those contracts. So they might be looking. They might. I'm just saying that in Carolina might thinking, even though they, everybody's like, oh, they need receivers, they need receivers, they need receivers. Are you 100% sold that those guys are going to be in Carolina? I know it's kind of a side-dragging side that both those guys are going to be in Carolina this year. I don't know their contracts well enough. I think enough. they have no choice with okay. their receiver. Right. The way they're, I think they're going to have to run the ball this year yeah. with their receiving situation. And they bring in these rooks. I mean, even the free agents out there like Santonio Holmes and stuff, I don't think they have a choice. That's what I'm saying. I think, but that's, and that's what brought me to my whole point of thinking about it. Like, okay, if they do take a young back, come 2015, they go out there and sign a big free agent wide receiver to help out Cam. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? We're, we got to pay this receiver. Sorry, D'Angelo. Take those dreads and hit the road. Thanks for coming. You've been here a while. Here, take your cane. Well, Jay Stu, <laughs> you've been on the. You you can't stay healthy your entire career either. So you can take your wheelchair. And <laughs> again, I mean that's a, that's like a situation where like, again, people are like, oh, another Carolina back. I ain't taking him. But he can end. That's just popping in my head now. That that could be a situation where you might be able to grab a guy like late fourth round who goes to Carolina, who might be a really good stash. I'm gonna put a note down here. Anybody that's in our leagues, don't don't pay attention to it. I'm just talking out of my butt here. So, but yeah, that's it. That's our that's our last seven there. Those are the guys. These are some late round picks, and obviously, I'm sure we're missing tons of guys. And you guys can tweet at us and say, "Hey, what about this guy? What about?" There's tons of these guys. They're gonna be late round picks, and I'm sure there's second round picks that we talked. Um, go ahead and you know go back through the catalog and check us out. Um, check out all the podcasts where we get into the top ten at each position. We'll be going over them again all over again here after the NFL draft and get really, really in detail and really be able to break this down and find their true dynasty value here after the draft. But it's it's good to be prepared. That's what I can't wait for, is that draft and then really find out where these guys are at, man. I'm tired of speculating like, oh, this if this happens, then this guy will be great. Every year after this, the draft's yeah. supposed to be tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding, man. On a Thursday, and here we are, two more weeks. Oh, I can't wait, though. Screw you, Roger Goodell. <laughs> I love the draft. It's my <laughs> Christmas, just like you guys love it too. So thanks for listening, guys. Like I said, if you can, get down there, help us out. Give us a good rating. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we're doing on iTunes. And hit us up on Twitter, at uh, Dynasty Nerds. And check us out at DynastyNerds.com. You can hit me up at Twitter, at Dynasty Rich. And I'm at Dynasty Matt. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, bye. Ready, set, put on. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.